Josh Williams here, and welcome to another episode of the One Man Podcast, episode number 24 for Wednesday, October 25th, 2017. How are you guys doing? Welcome back, listeners. Welcome to new listeners. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about uh, a lot of different things, uh, one of which, of course, being uh, the death of amazing Canadian patriot uh, Gord Downey from the Tragically Hip. Um, you know, I've got an article picked out from this week's, uh, edition of uncle John's bathroom readers, of course, from my partners at portablepress.com. Uh, I'm going to read your guys' emails and, uh, you know, it's going to be, um, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun, I hope. But, uh, I will say that, uh, just starting off, getting right into it. Um, last, uh, Tuesday night, uh, I was recording the podcast. I was not aware of this as many Canadians weren't, we didn't find out until Wednesday. So the day that last episode came out that, uh, uh, you know, lead singer, frontman of uh, the Tragically Hip, um, Gord Downey uh, has passed away. Um, and I know that uh, for people listening in the states or anywhere else in the world, you might not understand how uh, how big a deal this is. And even a lot of Canadians, some of the young Canadians, are not as familiar with the the Tragically Hip. But uh, they were. I mean, I I don't even know where to start. Gord Downey was a guy who loved. Uh, his country. Um, they sang songs about Canadian culture, about places in Canada, about stories that they heard uh, traveling all over this country, playing music for, you know, 20 plus, 30 plus years. Um, yeah, I, I've read so many articles this last week about um, what kind of guy Gord Downey was. This was a, this was a guy who, uh, you know, despite all their success, they'd, they'd played all over um, they, they love their country. They stayed here. Um, it's, uh, I don't mean to be, you know, at a loss for words, you know, I'm not trying to make this more dramatic than it is, but the truth of the matter is, um, I, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody in history, um, any Canadian in history that, that loved their country more than, than, uh, Gord Downey and the Tragically Hip. Um, their songs have got Canada in them, uh, from East to coast, North, South, um, they, they loved our culture, um, and they, they stayed Canadian, uh, the whole time. They didn't try to leave and fail and come back or anything like that there. Um, they were loved by this country. Um, I'm going to play, um, some songs of theirs just throughout the course of the podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. I reached out to some people, just people I was talking to last week. Um, all the kids that I was working with at the source, just another reason to hate that place. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the kids at the source had no idea. They didn't know the tragically hip. They didn't, they didn't, you know, was it just, it was like another news story of some, you know, actor or musician that, you know, people knew back in the seventies or eighties. Um, but these, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they didn't seem to even be familiar with any tragically hip songs. Um, a lot of people my age are like, man, you know what? I don't, I don't want to say a lot. I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of people I spoke to in the last week, I was like, that fucking sucks. Hey. Eh? And they're like, ah, oh, you know what? I was never really a fan. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, but for what it's worth, uh, the tragic hip, their music was very poetic and, and to quote, um, <laughs> to quote without the name. Um, one of the things I read this week was someone said that the tragically hips music is, uh, it's, it, you can listen to it in layers in the sense that every time you listen to one of their songs, you get more and more from them as you are able to sort of unwrap the, uh, the levels of poetry and things like that in, uh, in Gord Downey's writing. 
Um, and, and it's been the case for me. I was very late to the party. I remember growing up and never really, you know, at first not really being interested in the tragically hip. Um, you know, I, I'd heard some of their songs and stuff on the radio occasionally, but it, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the music that's important, you know, like nowadays I, there aren't lyrics <laughs> here. Here's my old man, my old man rant. And nowadays that there's, there's, um, there's a lot of music where the lyrics are such a secondary to just the beat. It's like, if you can get your, if you can, if you can start rattling the windows in your car to the beat, then go ahead, you know, Drake and, and Kanye, you know, that's, that's the real popular shit. That's the, uh, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put words in the mouths of people, but that's the shit that plays nonstop. My one word over and over again, let's throw Rihanna in there, right? I don't want to be, I don't want to be sexist. Let's get her in there and challenge her lack of artistic abilities too, right? And the ability to write lyrics, you know, work, 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 that kind of shit over and over again, right? It's the same. You pick one word, doesn't cost you by the word, right? Just make some music, write some, like talk about something that, that fucking hurts you, right? There's uh there's tons of music from all over the world from many decades where people actually gave a shit and had something to say when they were, when they were writing it well to sort of pull this back into, uh, get it back under wraps. Um, that's what the tragically hip was about. was about saying something, um, their love for, you know, the, the country, uh, their love, you know, of the different parts of the country about sharing stories with other parts of the countries. You know what I mean? There's so many things that, that, you know, we all got to learn from their music. Anyways, I, I don't want to just go absolutely bananas about it, but uh, the fact of the matter is um, it's uh, it's a big loss for Canada. Like I said, I, I'd be really hard pressed to, to think of someone else who, who loved this country and who shared this country with the country more than, than Gord Downey. So I'm, uh, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to play a couple songs. I'm going to tell you guys just a couple stories um, about the, the tragically hip. And again, for anyone who doesn't know what happened, uh, we found out I think just under a couple of years ago that Gord Downey um, had uh, a brain disease. I don't, I don't think it was cancer. I thought it was. And then I read a few things this week that didn't, you know, say, Hey, it was a brain tumor. They said it was a degenerative brain disease that was going to cause, you know, that would be fatal. Um, and they planned a, a last, you know, like a, a last tour of the country to play, uh, you know, in front of this, uh, big, uh, basically a goodbye tour for Gord. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's very rare that, you know, you get to hear about that. Somebody gets diagnosed with a disease that's severe and, uh, they get to do like a farewell tour, you know, Kiss has had like 17 of them, but it's not because Gene Simmons is dying. You know what I mean? It's for the, the, the money. Well, this one was for, for Gordon, for love of his country to be able to, to, you know, play to it one last time and to, to see the people. Um, and they wrapped up in their home city of Kingston. That was the last leg of the, the last, sorry, show of the tour. Um, I'll share, uh, you know, some more stuff about that later on, but, uh, but yeah, that was basically the thing. So we, they did the tour and, um, and just on Tuesday, you know, after, after some months off, that was some time ago. And of course you guys know me, no fucking research. I didn't get the date of that when the last concert was. Um, but anyways, I'll, I'll talk about that more. Maybe while I play something, I can look it up and, and be a little more intelligent on the subject, but, um, yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you guys a song by Tragically Hip. Like I said, I've got a few of them, um, and just to sort of give some variety, there's there's so many amazing songs, um, poetic, fantastic, just just rhythm singing, uh, lyrics. But uh, you know, it's hard to hard to pick some. But I'm just gonna go with some that I think that uh, that just you know some of my personal favorites and that that highlight them properly. So I hope if you're listening to this and you're mildly interested. <laughs> You get to enjoy these. The first song I'm going to play by the Tragically Hip is called Gift Shop.
the tragically hip gift shop counting down the hits here <laughs> to the one man podcast i uh yeah that's uh that's that's uh you know if that's your first sample of the tragically hip i hope you enjoyed it um my first uh you know and, and i promise the whole episode is not going to be about this not to to throw anything away from what i'm talking about but just if anyone's listening going i don't want to listen to a fucking it's not it's not a bonus episode it's not a, a, a tragically hip special I just wanted to show some proper love to um, to a group like like I said that uh, that that made great music and that uh, loved their country never left. There's part of me that's that's really kind of like you know with with my comedy. There's that aspect that's like, hey, I want to want to get big enough here so that I can go to the states and make a, a run. That's the that's like the big show down there, and uh, it's just it's something to be said for them that they never tried to be like, oh, well, we're gonna go down there and see if we can make it in the states. They went down, they did shows, but they they always they never you know. Uh, made any attempts to not to not be here to not play in their home um countless stories of just uh, things like the, the them playing big arenas and in, in cities and then playing at just like a local bar afterwards just because they love to play their music you know and, and have people listen um i'm i'm lucky that you know my facebook page is filled with comedians and artist types so so we really appreciate you know, other artists and things like that. So the stories that I'm seeing people share and stuff like that are, are just amazing. And, you know, they're, their stories, you know, you guys go out, if someone's written some of the tragically hip, uh, maybe, maybe read it might, might blow your mind how amazing, um, they were, like I said, it's just, just being fellow countrymen, you know what I mean? Um, anyways, like, like I said, I mean, I, I wish that I had some, some, just a, a fraction of their level of patriotism. Um, and I don't mean that like, they're like, yeah, Canada's the best. It wasn't, it wasn't a flag waving anything. It was just, they loved their country. They loved learning about their country and traveling their country. Um, I'm getting repetitive and I apologize. The point that I wanted to bring up now is that my, I, I wasn't a, a hip fan. I knew who they were at first, but again, I, I hadn't listened to a lot of their music and I actually got lucky. Um, when I was in high school, uh, a friend of mine just one day out of nowhere was like, Hey man, you want to come with me to the tragically hip concert on Friday at, uh, I think it was the, the Corral center back then. And I was like, sure. Like for me at the time growing up poor, I was like, man, free tickets for anything. I'll take, I'll take them. Right. So I, I went with him to, uh, to go see it. And it was one of, uh, it was, it was one of the most fun times I've had, like just watching Gord's energy on stage and the rest of the band, the music. It was funny too, because there was a lot of songs they played that night that I didn't realize were tragically hip songs. Um, I just was like, oh, I've heard that song before. Oh, wow. And, uh, and just listening and, uh, and enjoying it, seeing his energy as a performer, you know, um, really sort of blew my mind. Um, but I, I think from that, from that point on, I, I paid attention to their music. You know, when it came out, I would listen to it and, uh, and I started to really, uh, it started to really grow on me and, uh, and it did have, um, I don't want to say it had an impact, but it was, it was, um, an arguably, you know, Canadian. And, uh, I read something this week that suggested that for anyone to, to truly understand what the tragically hip meant to Canada, you got to think in terms of like Olympics. And if there was, and if there was a, a you know, a music Olympics, uh, Canada, would send the tragically hip as our team. You know, I think one person even said in an article that was like, think about Bruce Springsteen. And yeah, that's a great example, Josh. There's three, like three bands from the States. It's like we told an American, think of like Bruce Springsteen 
and God, I can't remember the other two, but they were pretty along the same way, right? You know, born Tom Petty, whatever, and so and so. And it's like, if you think of the three of them mixed together, you're getting close. So, anyways, the idea is that uh, they were they were a great uh, a great example of of what we you know we all strive to be as people that love our country and we love each other and uh, and want nothing but the best for for everyone in our country. Ah, geez, I'm sappy shit. It doesn't help to record these podcasts late at night, but I mean what I'm saying. Uh, it's important to me. So um, I want to share uh, another one of their songs. And again, I have no rights to these songs. I didn't I didn't send a check or anything like that. Um, but uh, of course, if anyone <laughs> if anyone listens and goes, hey, copyright infringement, I hope they're, they get that what I'm trying to do is just share. Uh, I'm trying to do what Gord would have wanted, and that's to just share his music and his love of the country and everything like that. Um it's not something I intend to do every time someone dies is to start playing their music for free, but this one was uh, was important to me. So uh, I want to uh, to play another song for you guys, um, and that is uh, The 100th Meridian.
Oh, at the hundred meridian by the tragically hip. Uh, I just have fun with this whole. I can't him down the hits. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, the last thing I'm going to say, and I did look it up. The last concert that they played was at the K Rock Center in Kingston, Ontario, where the band is from. That much I knew, and that was on August twentieth, two thousand sixteen. So to say, after their last concert, Gord made it another fourteen months, um, give or take. So, uh, and, and didn't stop working still was, was, you know, from anything you want to know beyond that, of, uh, of course, you know, more about the, like Google it guys, there's lots of stuff out there, lots of videos, lots of, uh, amazing write-ups. Um, the last concert was, was August 20th, 2016. And I remember, I remember, uh, hearing everything on the radio. There was, um, those last concerts, those tickets were were reasonably priced in terms of what I know a lot of people scream at them just to, let me finish. They were reasonably priced in terms of what the face value was. Um, and, but there was people, bad people, uh, monster. No, look, they were pieces of shit. Let's be honest. Pieces of shit. Um, who were buying the tickets and then selling them for thousands of dollars. And of course there's people out there who, who wanted to see them bad enough to pay for it. Um, which is awful. Uh, you know, some people might be like, oh, it's capital, eh, whatever it's profiteering. Um, there was, you know, it's, it's profiting off of a, you know, a dying man trying to, to play for his fans and, and for the country he loves. And, um, uh, there was, I heard, a, I heard a radio thing, um, on where someone had, had found someone who was looking to sell the tickets. And he's like, look, I'm, can you come sell them to me? I'm, I'm, I know you're here, but I'm here. I'll pay you extra for them. And the guy was like, sure, sure. So he drove like two hours. I think it was like, it was somewhere, I believe it was somewhere between like an hour and two hours away to meet. And there's radio guys were, were gagging. There's obviously they weren't going to buy the tickets from him. They were pissed off that this guy was selling them for so much money. And so they basically convinced him to, to come and meet them. And of course we called, called them back. They recorded the, the phone call. Uh, and we're like, yeah, so how does it feel trying to profit off of a dying man? You know, you piece of garbage, da, da, da. It's just like, like, like shit like that going on. Um, there was so much stuff on the radio about it. And then during the last tour, right, because there were several concerts, there was a lot of buzz around it. And, um, I, I remember I totally, um, totally missed the last portion of it. I didn't, I don't think I realized this until day of, but I heard that, um, CBC was going to be broadcasting the last concert from Kingston. And I was like, that's, that's fucking amazing. Um, they broadcasted it and they broadcasted it commercial free. So another, you know, a big company like that, obviously an opportunity, tons of people have, there'd be probably one of the largest, uh, Canadian audiences watching, uh, that, that final concert, the tragically hip. And, uh, they didn't try to sell advertising on it, which is, which was amazing. They just let people enjoy, uh, the concert. Um, it was, uh, it was funny too, cause I didn't know it was happening that day. I heard on the radio, it was like, it's happening tonight. And I was going to see crystal that night. And, um, you know, we, we don't always get a lot of time together. I say that all the time. You know, we see each other once or twice a week sometimes. And, um, and, and we, we didn't really have plans that evening, but I know that crystal's not, uh, a huge tragically hip fan. Nothing, nothing negative. Just again, some of us just haven't been exposed to it. I get it. Um, but I just said to her, I'm like, Hey, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to watch some of this concert. Like it's the last opportunity to, to see them. And it's, you know, it's a pretty big deal. I I'd like to watch some of it. And she was like, no, no, we can, we can watch it. And she, she sat with me the, the whole night and it was long for anyone who watched it for anyone who didn't several hours long, no commercials. And, um, 
I mean, it was great. I, I watched I watched it trying to like again forgetting some of the songs and going like oh yeah, and getting excited watching for for certain songs and uh, and you know not seeing them and they played Gord. I mean, at this point he'd undergone several surgeries and things like that. He uh, the, the guy performed like. I mean, you could tell it was, it was, his heart was in it. You know what I mean? This wasn't someone who's like doing it for the money. It's someone doing it because, you know, he, he loved, ah, I've said it a million times. We loved his fans. He loved his country. And, um, probably obviously the most eyes he's ever had on one of his performances ever. And he gave the, the performance of a lifetime, definitely worthy of, of anything that's been said of him. And, uh, I just remember they did, they did three encores. You know, and I remember thinking to myself, the my my favorite song of theirs. Um, just sitting here thinking, like they haven't played it yet. It's not over until they play that. Um, you know, and they kept coming back out. And after the second encore, you know, a lot of time, a lot of you, everyone expected an encore, right? Expectations. We all expected an encore. Um, they they played and played, came back out once, of course, played a few songs. That's right. Oh shit, yeah, I forgot about that. And then came out for a second encore. Yeah, and I go, but they went back, and I go, they still haven't still haven't played it. They're going to come back and play it. And so for the first time ever in their career, uh, at least according to them, uh, they did a third encore never happened for them before. Um, and they, uh, they ended the very last song they played was probably the one that, that, uh, I knew the most for that. I'd heard the most growing up. Um, it was the song that was popular right around the time that I had gone to that concert and started listening to them. It was the last song that they, they played, uh, for their, um, you know, their fan base and, uh, you know, all together, at least anything televised or publicly. And, um, I just want to say, um, uh, it was, it was awesome. Uh, thank you, you know, Gord Downey and the tragically hip. Uh, thank you, sweet crystal <laughs> for, you know, sitting with me and, and watching the entire thing with me and, uh, and be, you know, being there for, for something, you know, that, that will, you know, be a memory that, that I hold fondly of, you know, a great Canadian band, everything like that. Um, so the last song that I'll play, and then we'll move on with other things to talk about in the podcast. Uh, you know, half an hour in, I appreciate you guys indulging. Uh, obviously the music takes up some of that time, but just, it's a, it's a big deal. So, um, thank you for everyone who's listening to, uh, you know, and just remembering some of the stuff with me. I've got some of your emails uh, this week and I've got, I picked up an article, but, um, I will play the, this last song for, for now in the podcast and, uh, and just, you know, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope, and I hope, you know, all, all my love to the people who've been, uh, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, this all week again, it's, it's musicians, but you know, it, it definitely is more than that. If you knew the hip, then you knew that it was more than that. But, uh, but their last song played together as a band, uh, the last song I'll play, uh, for this portion of the podcast where we're talking about, uh, the tragically heaven gourd is of course ahead by a century.
ahead by a century. Tragically hip. And uh, and like I said, last song. Ah, oh, Jesus. Come on, you fuckers. I'm trying to hit pause on the gun. <laughs> I bet several times. So if anyone knows that one by two seconds of it, that'll be the, the, the next one that I played later in the podcast. We're going to actually go back to podcast for uh, just the, the regular stuff. Guys, that was last week, Wednesday. Uh, same day, actually, another uh, Canadian guy, uh, actor, uh, John Dunsworth, who played Mr. Leahy on Trailer Park Boys, also passed away. Um, don't worry, I don't have 30 minutes on him. <laughs> I actually, uh, I, I mean, to me, I, I was never a big Trailer Park Boy. I watched like eight seasons of it, but there was only like five episodes a season. I watched a lot of it. I really, uh, I, you know, I enjoyed certain characters and at times, but overall, wow, sorry getting exhausted i'm not gonna even have this podcast finished till till midnight so i'm gonna be late you know for those of you who listen right at midnight and there are a few of you fuck off yeah who listen? some some listen at that that time i have gotten messages at quarter after 12 before if the podcast is not uploaded going oh dude where's the podcast so um thank you one manaholics <laughs> uh so yeah uh rest in peace to john dunsworth as well uh looks like there won't be any more uh scenes with mr Leahy and randy in the trailer park boys if they're still making it i know netflix bought it and put out some new stuff bloopity blah so last week just just still fucking around you know working that job at the source not gonna get into it still fucking hate it today was the worst day yet not gonna get into it though um i think last week i uh i got to hang out with my buddy simon my roommate simon simple simon the pieman uh, we played a game on the PlayStation. Simon's not at much of a gamer, but he enjoys watching. He's a voyeur of video games, a video game voyeur. And, uh, we played a game called the wolf among us. And I don't know if, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but the wolf among us is a, uh, a game by telltale company that makes these games where you basically choose what you say. So it's like watching a movie, but you choose what the character says at the, what time. And then occasionally you do, uh, some quick time events. So, you know. You, you press left. It's kind of like that old uh, Dragon's Lair game. I think that's what it was called. An old, old, old George Lucas one. So it's basically just a cartoon. And you press left when it tells you to press left. You push right when it tells you to push right, up, down, or a button. Um, if you don't do it, you die, and you start over again. And then occasionally you make, you make uh, you know, uh, dialogue choices. But more cinematic than anything else. Excuse me. Fuck. I'm not putting you guys to sleep first thing in the morning. Um. Yeah, so we played this game, The Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us, the story of that is that all of the fables from back in the day, so Snow White and, uh, you know, uh, Beauty and the Beast and the Big Bad Wolf and the Woodsman and, uh, you know, Ichabod Crane and, you know, a bunch of other ones, uh, more and more as the story goes down. But all these characters who were, you know, fables um, have all fled from their fairy tale lands and now live in uh, New York in an area called the woodlands, uh, or Fableton, whatever Fableton. And then there's the woodlands is this apartment building that a lot of them live in. And, um, all of them are, are basically, you know, uh, watched and governed by, um, not necessarily governed, but whatever point is, is that they're all living in New York and the sheriff is the big bad wolf. And he is, uh, they're all sort of, you know, made to look human. They get spells to make them look human. But the idea is it's like, it's a really interesting sort of fairy tale story um, set amongst, uh, you know, New York. 
So it's uh, it's a great game. Simon and I are only uh, two episodes in of five total episodes, but it's kind of like um, the Big Bad Wolf and Snow White are like you know a, a pair of detectives and they're trying to find out who's killing Fables and Fableton. Um, great story, really really good story. It's based on DC Vertigo comics, so the same uh, section of of comics that does like um, you know a V for Vendetta, I think was one of the ones that did did it in the Watchmen. Some, you know, based on graphic novels, basically. So anyways, uh, cool game. Simon and I played that on uh, Friday night. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Saturday morning, I hosted the Lego Dimensions tournament. That was a lot of fun as well. Back doing what I do, which is running my fucking mouth. Uh, for money, of course. You just run this fucking thing for free. Unless you're a one-man podcast listener, of course. You guys get to hear me run my mouth. Absolutely no charge. Oh, I must like you. Um, <laughs> the Lego dimensions tournament was only from like nine to 12 on Saturday morning. And it's basically, uh, like uh, parents in the audience and kids playing a Lego game against each other. It's kind of like Mario Kart. Oh God. The yawns are coming more frequently. Am I going to make it? Yeah. The, um, the kids are playing like a Mario Kart style kind of game where you fight against each other and you try to win whenever the kids were having a good time. And, uh, and I was just interviewing them. You know, the parents, I listen, the parents don't give a fuck. All right. Spoiler alert. Parents have gotten up at God knows what time, eight o'clock to get their kid out and across the city to a movie theater to play, to pay 20 bucks to play in a tournament where they could win some prizes. And they did. So I leave the parents alone. I don't do play by play, which is what they've hired me to do. God damn it. All right. <laughs> I don't do play by play, which is what I'm supposed to do. Instead, I just interview the kids, uh, while they're playing. And I talk to the ones that, um, are waiting to play. And of course it's loudspeaker through the theater. So the kids, the, and the kids think it's the greatest and they all follow me around afterwards <laughs> because they're like, that's the guy who let me talk on the microphone. So for them, they're they're They have a great time. I get paid really good money to basically make kids happy and, and for parents to, so I can distract their kids from them. So they're not yelling at them every five minutes. Mom, mom, are you watching? So holy shit. Does anyone have any tricks to stop yawning? Is that such a thing? Is that a thing that exists? You know, you know how, like, if you think you're dreaming, you pinch yourself. I've never seen anyone actually do that. I've never tried it, but, um, if there's a tip to not yawn, cause I find that this fucking job loves to schedule me 11 to seven on a Tuesday, the day I record my podcast. So by the time I get home, it's eight o'clock. I start putting shit together or whatever. I've had a long ass day as is. And then I start to fall asleep. So I'm at the yawning stage right now. So anyways, yeah. If any of you guys have any tips or tricks, how to not fucking yawn, um, you know, or maybe a way to reduce it. Let me know. I would love to stop doing it. I fucking feel another one coming right now. Um, yeah. So Lego dimensions, I went to work on Saturday, of course, after that, uh, until the evening. And then I got together with the lady and we went to a bonfire at Mika. So myself, Crystal and Michaela went to see Mika and his lovely wife, Mel, uh, Jimmy and Alex were there with their lovely kiddo and, uh, and some friend of Mika's. We had an opportunity to just sort of hang out, you know, have a couple drinks, just sit by the fire. Very relaxing. And I'll tell you at the end of that long day, that was exactly what the doctor ordered. So I have, uh, I had a really uh, nice sort of Saturday, relaxed Saturday night. Crystal also actually got me as a gift, a nice little surprise. She got me something called wreck this journal. I assume a few people there immediately know what I'm talking about. Some not, but it's been a very popular thing over the last, uh, I think year, maybe even less. 
is the whole idea is it's this journal where instead of trying to keep good care of it and, and write in it and, you know, only, you know, take it out when necessary. Rectus journal is basically, where the fuck did I put it? I'm looking around to see where I stuck it. It's around here somewhere. God damn it. I'm going to use it as an example. That's me guys. Josh's key to a good podcast. Never be ready ever. Find something you want to talk about and then do zero research towards it. And then do it anyways. Um, Rectus journal has got like, it's, it's really cool, sort of fun, like just, just go crazy ideas. So like you open it up and on one page, it'll say like, tear this page out and throw it away, you know? And, and that's, that's the instruction on that page. They've got rules in it. You know what? Here, fuck it. Give me, give me two seconds. Cause I think I see it over here in my backpack, which is going to be just out of reach. It's over here. Do, 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 do. The rest of the world. Okay. So wreck this journal. And it says now with even more ways to wreck. Hey, hey, start here. Wreck this journal to create is to destroy. And it's by Carrie Smith. Um, so why don't we just fucking read what this says in this journal? There's lots of cool little things inside it. But right at the very beginning, it says. It's structure. Oh, fuck. Oh, they yawned. Read, I see that's I'm not that one's not because I'm tired. That's just the effect books have on me. I open a book and I'm like, oh fuck, and I fall asleep right away. Warning: During the process of this book, you will get dirty. You may find yourself covered in paint or any other number of foreign substances. You will get wet. You may be asked to do things you question. You may grieve for the perfect state that you found the book in. You may begin to see creative destruction everywhere. You may begin to live more recklessly. Uh, there's acknowledgments that I'm not going to read. And then it says, uh, in it, there's instructions. So five instructions, instruction. Number one, carry this with you everywhere you go. Instruction. Number two, follow the instructions on every page. Instruction. Number three, order is not important. Instruction. Number four, instructions are open to interpretations and five experiment work against your better judgment. So I'm just going to flip randomly to a page. And on this page, it just says, write carelessly now. Um, you know, there's a, there's another page that says, you know, the, with a line on it, it says color outside the lines. Um, there's all sorts of really cool ones. There's a page here that says draw with glue, you know, maybe you can put spring or sprinkles. I don't know why I call, call sparkles sprinkles maybe because I'm an idiot. Uh, there's a page here that just says trace your hand. So the whole idea is it's to get you just doing some fun, creative stuff, you know, just stuff like that. There's a page here that says cut through several layers. And I don't even know what that means. Does that mean several pages or like to fold the page up and then cut through several layers of it? You know, who knows? Tear this page out, put it in your pocket, put it through the wash, stick it back in. Huh? Okay. That one would bother me. I don't know how I'm supposed to, how do you stick it back in? It's going to turn all gooey. Not gooey, but crushed up. Anyways. All right. Well, guys, the idea is it's wrecked this journal. My, uh, my lovely lady knows that my brain is broken and she's decided to, uh, like I, she, she got it. She thought it was really cool. She showed it to me. I was like, that's awesome. And, uh, and then she surprised me with one. So, uh, I have not started it. I'm very, very excited to start this book. And, um, you know, I'll obviously I'll put the odd, uh, ah, fuck it. I'll take a picture and throw it on Instagram so you can see what I'm talking about, but you can hash, you can search the hashtag wreck this journal and see all sorts of cool things that people have done with it. So, uh, thank you very much for that. I'm very excited to start dicking around and, and putting my head off to that. So I got that on Saturday night as well. So good day on Saturday, Sunday. Oh my God. I'll actually, like I said, I'm not going to bitch about my job 
but I got a haircut Sunday morning. So here's the funny thing. Saturday morning at Lego Dimensions, I was telling the uh, the other team from Cineplex that I work with, I'm like, ah, I got to go to my job after this. And they're like, oh, where do you work? I'm like, I just got a job at the source. And one of the guys was like, ugh, the source. He goes, let me just tell you, that job is going to murder your soul. And I'm like, oh, it already has. It's already killing me, sucking the will to live in me. And then the next day, Sunday morning, I go to get a haircut because I've been a shaggy animal lately. And uh, I tell my barber, you know, I start a new job at the, the source. He goes, oh, the source? He goes, I used to work for the source, man. It's fucking, it's fucking brutal. I go, really? And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, maybe he worked like, you know, back in a, a small, another town or city. I don't know why, obviously in super denial. And then he names, like, he goes, you work for so-and-so. He like names the regional manager. He goes, yeah, that guy's a fucking dick. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. So. Anyone I mentioned it to is like, yeah, it sucks. And we were even talking about that Saturday night about how just how much I hate this thing. And everyone's like, dude, if it's not for you, it's not for you. It it, it changed from what it was supposed to be originally. You agree? I felt bad because I'm like, I agreed to it. Now I got to fucking be a man. But everyone's like, yeah, you agreed to something different. You know, it's changed a lot since then, you know? So don't worry about it. Anyways, we'll see how it goes. I'll keep bitching about it, but uh, not, not anymore on this podcast. Um, so yeah, Sunday I got my hair cut, felt a little better, ran some errands with the, uh, the old momski, took her to get her groceries and whatnot. Cause I'm a good boy there. And, uh, and then I played some zoo tycoon Sunday night. I love those games too. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, I, I mean, I talk about board games, talk about video games, talk about movies, really just talk about what's going on with me. And I'll tell you guys, I've turned right back into a regular human being in the sense that I go to work a lot during the week. And when I come home, I don't want to do anything. I want to put my feet up and play video games or watch TV. So I've been playing a lot of video games and watching a lot of TV. Not a lot, but trust me more than more than I have been for a while, but I played zoo tycoon. What is zoo tycoon? No one's probably asking. Well, it's a game where, um, you get to build a zoo. You get to pick the animals. You get to make them fuck. That's not how they phrase it, <laughs> but, uh, you get to breed animals, right? You get to adopt new animals, design a zoo, right? Pick where the shitter goes. <laughs> I think I'm overtired. Um, but yeah, it's a fun game. You know, you get to run around. You get to wash the animals, right? Just the big hose. You get to hand feed elephants and giraffes. You know, just like at a regular zoo. Um, and it's fun. I don't know. I like creative shit and I like aminals. I'm a big aminal lover. So I have been, uh, been playing that. I'm still just doing the tutorials, learning how but I'm having fun. Um, I bought that game with my Xbox one about five years ago, 2013. I think September, October, 2013. So four years ago. And, uh, I'm finally just playing it now. So to give you an idea of, of how much time I was spending playing video games and stuff, um, I've got games that are four years old and just starting to play them now. So, uh, did that Monday, of course, what did I do? Well, I went back to work at the source I shared yet. And, uh, and then Monday night, uh, which was last night, of course, I went to, uh, the lady's house afterwards and we watched the season premiere of the walking dead. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't kind of like, I, I don't want to make this whole, like, hey guys, let, let's, let's do some pop culture shit. All right. I don't know if you guys watched the walking dead. I watched the season eight, episode one, right. Season premiere. And, uh, I thought it was okay. It was better than the last half of season seven. Again, if none of you guys watch it, I'm not going to go into it. I'm not really going to spoil anything too. If anyone, excuse me, hasn't seen it yet. Jesus. Uh, I got a little tip on how to turn yawns into hiccups apparently. But, uh, anyways, we watched the uh, episode one. 
it was kind of cool. It looks like they're sort of building back up. It's uh, kind of a continuation of where they, well, pfft. it's a continuation of where they left off. You know, season seven had a finale. Well, season eight had a premiere. Um, I, and when I say it's a continuation, it's, it really doesn't look like it's a step forward from where they kind of were last season fighting against the saviors. Um, if you watch it. So I don't know. I really found the last half of uh, season seven to be really disappointing. The walking dead is up and down. It's a show I like, and I will continue to watch it every week uh, for God knows how long because I'm invested in it. But, um, I talked to a lot of people, asked them if they watched the walking dead. And a lot of them were like, I watched a few seasons and then I checked out and the walking dead really does seem to be that where, um, you know, people like it, it has its ups and downs. I do want to say this and Crystal and I were talking about it last night was that the walking dead had, um, season seven, episode one was fucking awesome. It was intense. It was brutal. It was gripping and the fans loved it. There was a lot of people that complained and said it was way too graphic. It was way too intense. Well, it, it was intense because they were basically being shown that they were up against the most dangerous person that they'd ever encountered and how, how high the stakes were, how dire this situation was. It was incredible. It wasn't horribly murderous, but it was also very true to the source material, of the comics. So they recreated visually some scenes that were, were in the comics. Um, but of course, um, you know, the fucking cunty people out there uh, were like, oh, well, you know, it's too, it's too, oh, it's too graphic and violent. Oh, you mean the show where, where zombies are walking around with the flesh falling off, you know, and, uh, and people are being executed and stuff like that. That show was too violent for you. Really? The walking dead, you know, the scenes, uh, the following contains scenes of graphic violence and yada, yada, like that wasn't enough for you there, uh, Susan. You had to sit there and watch, watch the guy who was literally pointing a baseball bat at multiple people going eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm going to have to bash your fucking brains in, you know? And you're like, I, is he just, is that a metaphor for, oh God, he's bashing their brains in. Oh my God. I'm going to write an email. Ugh. Those are the people that kill fun. Anyways, um, that, that changed season seven. Every episode after that was really like toned down. Um, and, and you saw that really in the latter, the latter half of the season as well. Just a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of the fun of the episode was something that was really enjoyable was the whole special effects and all that stuff. Um, you could tell that they, they really neutered that in the uh, last half of season seven. Um, there didn't like, there was parts in, in that part, like not to go on about too long, but there was parts in the, the latter half of season seven where you could see something really intense was supposed to happen. Uh, and, and you're just kind of like, oh, that seemed a little tame, you know, like it felt like it was missing. Um, the season premiere last night, um, it wasn't overly violent, but at the same time, like it didn't like just the context of what was happening or whatever. It didn't really seem like it was missing out. It didn't seem like missed opportunities for some really cool scenes. Um, but I mean, who knows? It's one of those, like, mm, did they, did they come back with a little bit of balls or, or was it just that there was no room for it, you know? Um, anyways, um, had fun looking forward to seeing where season eight goes, uh, with the walking dead and, um, and yeah, so that was, that was my week in, uh, in retrospect. I also wanted to, uh, to mention two things, uh, at the source, 
the uh, last couple weeks, like I said, have been awful. I hate my life every day I'm there, but there has been one person that has made that store um, still run as well as it can. Uh, and she left us. Uh, she is a podcast listener. And, uh, but I wanted to take a second and say thank you very much to Emily for all of your hard work um, on keeping that uh, horrible hellhole. She's like the chick that runs around hell giving people iced tea. It's so fucking hot here, isn't it? Well, I brought you some iced tea. Enjoy this. Uh, she made those horrible circumstances that much better and worked way too hard for not enough money. And uh, we've lost her to another store um, where she might actually make some money and hopefully other people will help her with the, the workload and everything like that. But um, just out of a point of respect, I want to say thank you very much, Emily, for uh, you know the short period of time that we got to work with you. I'm sure that all the people who are no longer with the company who didn't give a fuck, who let all that stuff uh, rest on you, I'm sure they're as ungrateful as it seems. <laughs> But, uh, just wanted to say thank you so much. And Emily even brought us, uh, her last day was Friday. She even came in on Saturday to bring in her keys and she had baked us muffins. So, you know what, even when she's done, even when there's nothing left for her to gain by being a sweetheart to us, she still went out of her way to be a sweetheart to us. So thank you so much. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, best of luck to you at the St. Laurent store. Um, they'll never love you as much as we did <laughs> in our very brief time there. You, uh, really helped make our transition into hell. Uh, much, much nicer. So good luck with everything you have going on. And, uh, one last thing I mentioned last week too, um, that I was thinking of doing was getting the streaming, streaming service shutter, streaming service shutter, uh, the scary movie one. So I, as soon as the podcast was over, I was like, fuck it. I've been talking about it long enough. I'm going to do it. So literally, uh, oh God, I'm going to turn to those people says literally all the time. Um, but it's true. Uh, uh, literally the moment I hit you know, mix down on the recorder after last week's episode, I, I immediately turned to the computer and typed in shutter and went on and, uh, and signed up for the service. Cause I figure, you know what? It's free for a week. Let's give it a try. So yeah, that probably means that my free week is over tonight. Um, <laughs> the, um, I went on, I looked around, they got some really good movies on there. A lot of which I had seen. And, um, I looked around, there's a lot of movies I hadn't seen, some of which I've, I've heard of, thought I might check out. Um, but, uh, since, since Crystal and I, scary movies are our thing, we, we sort of looked at Shudder together this weekend and found that, um, there was a lot of like what they don't, they don't really, it's hard to tell is you're looking at all these movies with like English synopsis and everything. And then when you click on the movie and start playing it, there's a lot of movies on Shudder that are in other languages. And we actually found a part that tells you like when you're searching, like what language it's in, you know, you don't have to go deep into it. It's, it's there. It's just sort of kind of hidden in the fine print off to the side. But, uh, but there's a lot of movies on shutter. They all have subtitles of course available. Um, but, uh, there's a lot of movies there that are like from different countries. I guess there's some really good fucking horror people in, in other countries, uh, doing horror. But, um, anyways, haven't been able to delve too deep. Uh, shutter kind of has a cool, I thought this was interesting. They have something called, they, they call it shutter TV. So it's got like a few different stations where you can actually just click on the channel, like shutter TV slasher. And what shutter does is they just play movie after movie continuously on these TV stations. You can pick the movies individually, of course, but you can just go like shutter paranormal or whatever. And you click on that and it's just movie after movie of paranormal shit. We fell asleep to the movie last night. All I saw was it was like Anna Ferris was in it. And some other chick who was just like within like three minutes had murdered three people. Don't remember what the fuck it was called, but it was on the, the shutter TV. Like we woke up, both of us woke up in the middle of the night. I woke up in the middle of the night 
And I you know, was watching the two minutes of this, I was like, what the fuck? And I look over Crystal, she's wide awake looking at it too. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And she goes, I don't know. We just watched a few minutes of it. This bitch murdered Anna Ferris and another bitch. Um, I'm very rude, but my, my categorization of women, bitch killed another bitch. Well, if you murder someone, you're probably a bitch. That's safe to say. The other bitch was being a bitch to her and then before she murdered her. So yeah, okay, this bitch murdered the other bitch. And um, and then I rolled over and went back to sleep because I don't like, wait. horror movies are a really weird thing to wake up to. A lot of times there's very little context to a scene. Long story short, guys, I uh, if you do like horror movies and a little more, you know, unmainstream, if that's a word, um, horrors, check out Shudder. It is cheap. It's only five bucks a month. And uh, depending on how big of a horror fan you are, like the more mainstream, real good movies that are there, probably already seen. You know, they have like Insidious and um, Sinister. I believe I saw Sinister on there. Um They've got Scream, so some of the more classic Wes Craven ones. There's lots of shit on there. So um, if you like horror movies, fucking check it out. And the Shutter TV thing was, like like I said, really cool, where you can just throw it on and it just sort of like randomly plays movies of the same genre. Um, and they and they have the Netflix thing, too, where you can pick different genres. You can pick, like, you know, paranormal or, or slasher or monster or whatever. So it's really cool how they uh, differentiate the different categories and stuff like that. So you can get the kind of movies that you like. And finally, I, um, I have watched a few episodes of The Defenders on Netflix. Um, you guys already know that I like comic books because I'm a big nerd. And... Uh, Defenders is kind of a cool series though. I'm only a few episodes in and I'm enjoying a lot more. Uh, the defenders puts together, uh, daredevil, Luke cage, Jessica Jones, and the iron fist. So all of those series on Netflix, if you guys have been flipping through and, and see like Luke cage and daredevil and Jessica Jones, um, they also like the Marvel universe in the, in the movies. Uh, we're all coming out and to eventually, you know, unite as one group in the defenders. So, uh, just in case you're wondering, how does it, how does it build up? It's all linear, all the same story. Uh, you got daredevil. So if you're going to watch it towards defenders, uh, please do, um, you go daredevil, you go Jessica Jones, you go daredevil season two, you go Luke cage, you go iron fist and iron fist pretty fucking shitty. So you really got to weather the storm on that one to get through to the defenders. But so far the defenders has been enjoyable to watch and, um, and I'm enjoying that. So there's a little, uh, what to watch on Netflix. That's like, I just gave you like fucking six seasons of shit to watch if you haven't watched any of them, but daredevil is very well done. Um, Jessica Jones is probably my favorite so far. Um, and then I said, like I said, back to daredevil season two, daredevil season two introduces Electra and the Punisher Punisher just got his own series greenlit on Netflix. Not just, it's been greenlit for a while, but the, the date has been announced for that. Did I write it down for anyone who cares? You bet I didn't. Um, but you can always go ogle it, right? Google that shit and find out when it's coming out. And, um, and for now, I'm just going to say that I'm thoroughly enjoying the first portion of the defenders. And maybe by next week, I'll be able to tell you, uh, what I thought if I finished it and, uh, whether it was any good. Uh, and having said that guys, we are just about to hit the hour mark of the podcast. And, uh, that means I think that it's time for me to say, you know what, maybe we'll read some, uh, read some of our sponsor stuff. Right. And who are my sponsors? Well, those lovely people. At portablepress.com, my partners from Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. And because of the uh, love for Canada that the Tragically Hip had, I figured why not delve back into uh, one of our Canadian editions of Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. Well, this week I chose to read from Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, Plunges into Canada. And the article that I'm reading is called Who's That Band? 
And so it says the stories behind the names of some of Canada's most beloved musical groups, right? And oh, gee, what was the inspiration, right? Why did I pick this article? Well, it's very, very easy, guys. Um, we talked about it for uh, for quite a while at the beginning of the uh, the podcast here. So these are the stories behind the names of the band. So first, the Guess Who. This 1960s rock band from Winnipeg was named Chad Allen and the Reflections when they recorded their first single. Trying to add some mystique and maybe fool customers into thinking it was more famous band traveling incognito, the band's record company printed Guess Who on its promotional record labels. Even after the record company revealed the group's real name, radio DJs continued to call them Guess Who, forcing the band to adopt that as their real name on subsequent hits like American Woman. Uh, bare naked ladies, Ed Robertson and Stephen page were bored at a Bob Dylan concert in 1988. So they started to make up improbable band names when the two had put together an impromptu set at the last minute for a charity event. One of them, one of the organizers asked Robertson, the name of his band to pages embarrassment. All Robertson could remember was one of the names from the Dylan concert, bare naked ladies. Moxie Fruvis, I think that's the name, never heard of them. This satirical and sometimes political band from Thornhill, Ontario, often gave frivolous answers about its name, which comes complete with heavy metal uh, umlaut, umlaut? U-M-L-A-U-T, umlaut, hmm. possibly borrowed from Motley Crue. A member eventually admitted that contrary to the normal criterion for a band name, they purposely chose a name that wasn't easy to remember and doesn't mean anything. And that's probably why I've never fucking heard of them. And maybe most of you guys haven't either. Um, Buffalo Springfield, Neil Young met Stephen Stills when they were performing with other bands at a folk club in Thunder Bay, Ontario. After recruiting Canadian bass player, Bruce Palmer, they named the group after a nameplate they saw while briefly detained by road work being done at an old steamroller from the now defunct Buffalo Springfield Roller Company. Steppenwolf. The Born to be Wild group started out as a Toronto blues band called The Sparrow. When they got a recording contract, their producer, noting the popularity of Herman Hesse, H-E-S-S-E, novels at the time, suggested Steppenwolf after Hesse's creepily surreal book of the same name. Chilliwack. The collectors found some minor success as a uh, 1960s psychedelic group, but luckily the 1970s weren't that far away. Changing the group's name seemed like a good idea, and Chilliwack, a native North American term for the Salish language meaning going back up, expressed their optimism about making it big. After several Canadian hits in the 1970s, the band finally had its first success in the United States in 1981 with My Girl. Gone, gone, gone. Sloan. This Halifax band got its name because of a friend's problems at work. Jason Larson's French speaking boss started referring to him as slow one, but it sounded like Sloan to his coworkers and began his work nickname. Larson agreed to let his friends, Chris Murphy and Andrew Scott use it for their band. As long as they put him on the front of their first album, that's him on the cover of peppermint, the poppy family, which way you going, Billy? was the musical question posed in 1969 by the Vancouver psychedelic pop group, the Poppy family headed by Terry and Susan Jacks and backed up by two unrelated musicians. The, uh, Oh, or sorry. The Oso sixties named mirrored the pop. What? The Oso sixties name mirrored the popular partridge family and referenced the flowery source of heroin and opium. The family broke up when Susan left the marriage. Terry had a string of hits, including season in the sun before fading from the music scene. Susan still works in the music biz as a consultant songwriter and recording artist. 
Five-man electric band, the Stakatos, fuck it, were a moderate success in the Ontario area in the early 1960s. But as the hippie area bloomed, sorry, hippie era bloomed, God damn it, it's getting late and my vision's blurring. Um, but as the hippie era bloomed, the name proved to be out of touch. Bands like Big Brother and The Holding Company and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band were popular. So why not adopt a similar sounding name that literally told what they were? Their one hit, Signs, captured five-man electric band to success. Catapulted. Jesus. Captured. It captured us to success. Uh, catapulted five-man electric band to success. The band still tours on the power of that hit, but today it has six members. Heart. American Draft expatriate Mike Fisher formed this band with a group of his Seattle friends, including Ann and Nancy Wilson, who had trickled up to Vancouver. First signed to the city's Mushroom Records, the band had its first hit singles, Crazy on You and Magic Man in 1976. Its name, originally White Heart, was inspired by Tales from the White Heart, a collection of sci-fi short stories by Arthur C. Clarke. April Wine. According to the group's website, April Wine was chosen in 1970 simply because they were two words that sounded good together. Born in Halifax but raised in Montreal, the group celebrated its 40th anniversary in 2010 with honors from the Juno Awards and the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Mahogany Rush. The band's leader, Frank Marino, thought up this name during an acid trip that put him in the hospital. He was trying to explain the nature of his LSD uh, acceleration, the rush and figured that mahogany described it best rush, regular rush, uh, rush. When the Toronto band formed hastily in 1968, drummer, John Rutsey's older brother suggested rush both because of the psychedelic connotations, see mahogany rush, but also to reflect the band's frenetic scrambling for a name before the first performance at a church sponsored coffee house, arcade fire. This Montreal indie band, uh, Wynn Butler explained that as a child, he heard a story that haunted him, an account of an arcade burning down with kids trapped inside. It's probably something that the kid who told me the story in parentheses made up, but at the time I believed him. Bachman Turner overdrive BTO Bachman and Turner, of course, were people, uh, in the group, but where did overdrive come from? The band was going home to Winnipeg from an Ontario job and stopped for gas in Windsor on a magazine rack. One of them saw a magazine for trucks called overdrive. The, the band liked the word and thought it would describe their sound. Uh, by the way, although the world would pronounce Bachman as if it were Bachman, the family pronounced it Bakeman. And so did the band when referring to itself. <laughs> so Bakeman Turner overdrive. Yeah, fair enough. Men Without Hats, according to a website dedicated to the band's song, The Safety Dance, founder Ivan Doroschuk and two uh, of his brothers refused to wear hats during Montreal's cold winters, calling themselves the Men Without Hats. Uh, crash Test Dummies. We prefer their original name, Bad Brad Roberts and the St. James Rhythm Pigs, but they came under the sway of a medical student friend who suggested crash touch dummies instead. And finally, what Canadian band's name have we not referenced? Well, probably the ones of the hour, the last band, the tragically hip. When the 1960s made for TV monkeys split up member, Michael Nesmith, 
uh, embarked on his own projects, trying to reclaim his sense of artistic integrity. In 1981, he made a movie called Elephant Parts that included music intersp- uh, interspersed with comedy bits. One of the bits was called The Tragically Hip, and a group of musical guys from Kingston, Ontario, who watched the film thought it was the perfect name for a band. And the uh, foot runners at the bottom, or the running feet, I should say, Name of the first complete dinosaur specimen mounted in a Canadian museum, Edmontosaurus, or sorry, Edmontosaurus. Uh, Joni Mitchell's real name, Roberta Joan Anderson. Bugs Bunny's French-Canadian nemesis is named Bloc Jacques Sherlock. And finally, the shores of BC are home to the Pacific octopus, the world's biggest. And that, of course, ladies and gentlemen, was an article from my partners at Portable Press. Dot com. Uh, Uncle John's bathroom meter plunges into Canada. Um, as always, guys, I have got uh, some lovely words from my sponsors at Absolute Comedy and Summersby. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter and so are you, if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now, you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on, and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. Spots deserted. Please drink resplendently. Ah, coming up this week, uh, lots of lots of lots of days at the source. I'll tell you that much. I've got lots and lots of days coming up at the source. But something outstanding to uh, to look forward to is on Sunday. Oh Jesus! Excuse me. Burped right in your ears. I apologize, guys. I just chugging water there during the ad. Um, Sunday, uh, Crystal and I are taking the kiddos one last time to Canada's Winterland. We are just doing a day jaunt. Got them season passes that are losing value by the day. And, uh, we've decided that we're going to take the kiddos just for, for the day. So we're going to leave super early on Sunday morning, get there for, uh, the park to open up. And then I think the, the park closes at five. So it's just one more day in Wonderland, something fun to do. You know, kiddos are back in school. So it gives them something to look forward to. So 
I'm just going to weather the storm of the week and then do that. And of course, next Tuesday, I'll be recording. Uh, will I do it Tuesday or maybe I'll do it Monday? Who knows? Um, Halloween, guys. Halloween's coming up on Tuesday of next week. We're, uh, we're, we're a week away from the old Halloween. So, um, you know, the next, uh, the next episode is going to come out, of course, the day after Halloween, November 1st. I uh, got, uh, got that doctor's appointment of mine to look up, uh, look forward to, but of course I'll share more with that, uh, maybe next week when it's a little more relevant. All I can say is that before the next podcast comes out, you guys have yourselves a wonderful Halloween. Um, definitely please feel free to take pictures of fucking costumes and all sorts of fun shit you have going on. Tag one man podcast, right? There's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram guys, one man podcast and all those things. Tag us and show us what you're, uh, what you're wearing, you know, if you guys have any fun plans for Halloween, or as I mentioned before, any really good, scary movies, uh, my brother had mentioned a, a great scary movie, which happens to be on shutter, um, is uh, an American werewolf in London. That is one of the scariest, that movie. I can't believe I forgot it, but Aaron messaged me the next morning. That fucking movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. Um, it was freaky. It was done without CGI, a lot of werewolf movies, cheesy as hell. Uh, American Werewolf in London is not one of them. It's scary. It's fucking, yeah, blood curdling. So if you're looking for a good scary Halloween movie, An American Werewolf in London, great choice. Um, directed by John Landis, the guy who, believe it or not, directed uh, Animal House and Blues Brothers, and I think Coming to America. So known for comedies, but around the same time did American Werewolf in London, super fucking scary movie, uh, great movie. So um yeah, let me know what you guys are, are watching for Halloween. What are some of your Halloween traditions? You got a week to send me in the email and, um, you know, contact the one man podcast or, or tag us in the, you know, what you're, what you're wearing. Show us some, some fun pictures, whatever guys, I hope you have a great Halloween is what I'm trying to say and, uh, enjoy. And before we move into the last section, which is of course your emails guys, I just want to share with you one more time, uh, a wonderful song. I don't want to say one more time, but right now, at least, you know, Right now we're going to share it. Um, it's a, it's a, another great tune by, of course, the tragically hip, this one called fireworks. If there's a goal that everyone remembers, it was back in old 72. We all squeeze the stick and we all pull the trigger.
fireworks by the tragically hip guys oh my god thank you so much for sending in the emails this week i did do a quick little facebook video at one point just saying that uh you know i was gonna be talking a little bit about the tragically hip and if anyone wanted to share any stories or, or thoughts uh on it you know to please email in so I, I did get two emails this week uh the first one from cam saying hey josh tough news hearing about gord downey passing we knew it was going to happen but it still came as a shock my earliest memory of them was the single small town bridge town or sorry br small town bring down from their self-titled debut ep I had moved from Niagara region to a small town in London, Ontario. Um, that song really resonated with me. I remember being so proud that they were Canadian. Sadly, I never got to see them live, which is a huge regret. Like thousands of others, I tried desperately to get tickets to that final tour without any luck. Fortunately, we will always have their music. Absolutely, Cam. Thanks so much for writing in, buddy. Um, uh, you know, that's the thing is, is one of those things where at the time I just took the tickets because they were free when they were offered to me, um, you know, and, and not really... Not until now, you know, that was, you know, more than half my life ago uh, that I got to see them. And it's, um, I'm glad, I'm glad that my friend asked me. I'm glad that I went. I actually reached out to that friend because I haven't seen him since high school and, uh, and added him on Facebook and just said, hey man, thanks for taking me to my first and only Tragically Hip concert. Um, thanks for the, the email, buddy. I appreciate that. And, uh, and, and definitely, um. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, we, we do have the music and that's why for all of those who, who may just not be familiar, you know, I, uh, wanted to share, um, Johnny says, Hey Josh, love that you're doing a hip spot and deservedly. So given the epic sadness of Gord's recent passing, we're all feeling as Canadians, humanitarians and music lovers. I think my first introduction to the tragically hip was quite late compared to most, um, Day for Night album had just come out and my dad had actually picked it up. It somehow made its way to my discman. I fell in love with the hip instantly. Like many others, I've seen the hip multiple times and can't think of a better live band to want to see. The intimacy Gord Downey invited you to share was unmatched. You felt like you knew him and like their music was written for you or he wanted you to know him better or know more about what was Canadian and close to his heart. I saw them at Blues Fest, the Palladium, as it was once called, and I think Gord would agree, uh, sorry, Gord would agree should have stayed that way. Oh yeah. The, the name of the, the palladium that may have been the same show that I was at, to be honest. Um, cause I can't remember if it was Corral center or palladium back then. Um, that was a great concert entitled an intimate evening with the hip, but my favorite by far was the finale. And I think that's the one you mean in, uh, in Kingston there. Um, I think it, the last one was called man machine poet was the name of that tour. Um, we didn't even go to the concert. Instead, we all met at a friend's place. We call them Sean. We'll call them Sean and Shannon Thompson uh, and watched on TV like 30 million others, no doubt. They set up the backyard with lights, barbecue, and a big screen TV. Old friends came from cities apart to meet and take it in. We sat in awe and watched the man perform like a hero saying goodbye. We laughed, reminisced, and tried predicting song choice and order, remembering forgotten songs and singing along just about the entire concert. Some of us may have cried a little. It was the it was the power the most powerful show I've ever seen, and it couldn't have been spent in a better, more intimate, friendly Canadian way. Love the hip, love Gord Downey, and love the one man podcast. Oh, thank you very much. But we stand nowhere near there. Cheers, my friend. Yeah, and and cheers to you too, Johnny. That's a great that's a great uh, email, buddy. Um, because yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was trying to guess the next song. I was trying to to keep track of ones I was enjoying, ones that I'd forgotten too. Um. Yeah, it was great. So again, um, 
just for everyone who uh, who just sort of had a shitty week on learning the news. Um, again, we all we did all know it was going to happen, but like as I mentioned, August twentieth, two thousand sixteen, was that last concert, and uh, for the better part of a year, you know, we've known Gord was still around. They weren't performing, but uh, you know, it, it was just a matter of time. Just it's one of those things that, even though you know it's coming, um, it, it's just hasn't happened yet, and uh, and now it has. So. Um, I, I always invite you guys to email in no matter what you want to talk about. Like I said, I mean, we've got Halloween stuff coming up. Um, anything that you guys ever want to add, you know, like I said, uh, I, I, I love it when you guys message in, it gives me a chance to feel, uh, you know, a little more connected to you. So contact at one man podcast.com anytime. And of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all one man podcast guys. Um, you know, we can, uh, we can connect there little, little bit of magic between all of us. Um, I'm going to say uh, goodbye for this week. And, uh, and I'll talk to you guys again next week rather than, uh, than playing us out to, of course, my wonderful partners, uh, monkey junk and, uh, and show me yours this week. Um, I'm going to play the very last song, uh, that I'm just going to play. This is a song, um, it's called Fiddler's Green. And, uh, this is a song that apparently the tragically hip they wrote, but they didn't really play it a whole lot, at least for a very, very long time. Um, on their tours and stuff like that, because the song is about, uh, Gord's nephew who, who died. I don't know quite how young, but he died at a very, very young age. And, um, and it was a, it was a song that they didn't play very often because it was way too painful for him to, to play. But the idea of the song, the reason it's called Fiddler's Green, Fiddler's Green is a, uh, is an afterlife spot. One of those places of legend where, um, it's beautiful all the time and the fiddler, there always plays making people happy and uh it's supposed to be a beautiful place um in the afterlife and uh and like i said it was uh, very very painful for for gord to play uh he did play it at the last concert in kingston and uh and after everything we've talked about uh i think it's safe to say that um gord is now in fiddler's green with his uh with his nephew so uh, all my love to everybody um i'll talk to you guys again soon and one final time uh, rest in peace, Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip. You were a true Canadian icon, uh, a true Canadian, and uh, and you will be missed. Uh, guys, I'll talk to you next week. Please enjoy Fiddler's Green.
shining, knotted heart. Well, I guess it never worked too good. The timber tore apart, uh, and the water gorged the But pray for men at mass that always leave. The same when it moves ahead, moves her boy through Fiddler's Green. There's nowhere that he's really been But he won't travel alone No, not in Fiddler's Green Balloons are filled with rain Children's eyes turn sleepy. Falstaff sings a sorrowful refrain for a boy, Fiddler's Green. <laughs> 